it's one of the trends obviously that everyone's seeing is the expansion of AI and the large language learning models. So really trying to understand within the business how we can minimize the risk of using those products. There's a lot of making sure that our policies align with this kind of emerging technology that everyone wants to play with and really trying to understand it. Both we want to enable the use of it, but we also want to protect and make sure we're covering compliance, ethics, security, all those good things. Welcome everyone to the latest episode of Upwards. Today I am joined by two very special guests uh, with me today, live from the Omidly offices. So today I'm joined by Liz Knight and Andrew Taylor, both from Theta. Theta are a partner of Omidly's and they're doing some really interesting things in the security and technology space. So welcome both of you. Nice Thanks for joining Thank me uh, in real life. Uh, and uh, it's always better in real life. So today we're going to talk about a couple of different things. We're going to talk about trends and security trends, and then what we're seeing in the technology space, uh, and how we should think about those from you know from a protecting our business point of view. Uh, so just let me introduce it yes for a second here. So Liz Knight uh, is recently joined Theta. She heads up cybersecurity, uh, the cybersecurity team at Theta. She spent about the last seventeen years or so working with customers to deliver transformative solutions across New Zealand, Australia, Europe, and the US. So very, very international experience there, which is cool. And so we've also got Andrew Taylor, who is the head of product at Beta. Andrew runs the product group, designing, building, and selling, operating a portfolio of Theta-made products. He is also responsible for the Innovation Lab, which works with emerging technologies and trends to assist customers to accelerate their innovation. So. Lots of cool things happening out of there. And um, we'll have a chance to talk maybe about a couple of those uh, as we go as well. So welcome to you both. Thank and you. Um, Thanks, Phil. It's great to have you on, on board. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Phil. I'm founder and CEO of Omidy. And we are a cybersecurity uh, operations platform, which helps people build, establish, and, and run their security and privacy programs. So uh, really happy to be talking with you today. Let's dive into it. Cool. Let's talk about the emergence of new technologies uh, that bring both opportunities to us and risks as well. What trends are you seeing in the cybersecurity space and how can organizations adopt these strategies and to stay ahead of the game? Maybe I'll start with you, Liz. Oh, sorry. Yeah, in the hot seat. <laughs> I am in the hot seat. Um, I guess one of the trends, obviously, that everyone's seeing is, you know, the, the expansion of AI and the mm. language, large language learning models. So really trying to understand within the business how we can, um, I guess, minimize the risk of using those products. Mm. So there's a lot of discussions going on. Um, there's a lot of making sure that our policies align with, you know, this kind of emerging technology um, that everyone wants to play with and really trying to understand it and you know, kind of grow, grow our, our, the use of it. Both we want to enable the use of it, but we also want to protect and make sure we're, um, you know, covering compliance, ethics, security, yes. all those good things. So it's really finding that balance. Yeah. yeah, not an easy thing to do. And it's no. sort of had us all, you know, almost kind of feels like it's come out of nowhere. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's evolving really quickly. And every day there's a new addition to a product that now has AI. And it's like, okay, you know, can we make sure our data is protected? You know, how are we going to use it? How do we enable it? You know, who can use it? So, yeah, there's a lot of discussion. Yeah, and it's 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 un, it's undeniable that it's such an incredible um, productivity booster and, and lots of, so yeah. we're never going to stop people sort of using it. Is it more about guiding people down the right pathway 
to, to use it responsibly, to use it ethically, yeah. to use it securely. So, for example, we have um, you know a whole lot of development going on at Theta. Um, so we want our developers to use the tool, but then making sure they're doing it within an enterprise framework where we can actually make sure that the data is not public, you know, that it's kept private. So really understanding that, um, I guess, the switches within the products we can use to ensure yes. privacy and control. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew, how how are you how are you seeing you know companies, maybe even yourselves, embrace this, but also also you know avoid some of the mistakes that people are making as well? Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's definitely that side to it, which is the privacy side and how you use it as a business, and then there's a kind of like thinking through how is it, how does that same technology work if you're an adversary, and, yes. and it really does kind of make things easier for everybody. So if it makes it easier for someone like you to be a great coder, then it's going to be making it easy for an adversary to be a great coder too. So if they, if they were trying to do something before and they didn't have the technical skill set to do that, they can now maybe can have the technical it. skill to do that. And and there's a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, using OpenAI, then they try and put the guardrails in and you can't ask it to write some you know nefarious code because it will detect that and stop you. But um, you can get around that pretty easily. Yeah. And now more and more, those models are getting out into the wild as open source as well. So preventing that kind of use of those models is difficult. So yeah, scams, phishing, yes, and coding, uh, you know, the, the ability to do those more easily is certainly something that to watch out for. Yeah. 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 We're expecting more sophisticated phishing campaigns. Like in the past you're like, look out for that spelling mistake. Probably yeah. that's not, not gonna be the case. No. Yeah. no, no. I mean they, yeah. people can write extremely well worded um convincing messages, yeah. emails, yeah. Um, like you say, you know, employ technologies which previously would have been quite hard to do um, really easily. So everyone's going to have to, I mean, everyone's going to have to really lift their awareness game around this stuff. stuff. It's harder yeah, yeah. harder to, yeah. you know, to detect stuff. So it's all going to have to evolve. Yeah, that means you need to go, well, what, you know, what, how do we look as an organization? What are our, you know, if we look at external tax surface and what's discoverable about our, our, our organization, Previously, you might have said, okay, well, we don't have to worry about that too much. We'll concentrate on antivirus and inside the organization. But now that's all publicly discoverable. And if you combine that publicly discoverable information with AI superpowers, yes. you yes. can yes. kind of social automate. Engineering, you can right? automate social engineering. Yeah. You can do a lot of things in, in a more slick way. I think people don't realize that that's how, how much information can be triangulated from your public that's just out there in the public. Yeah. You know, and because you see, you see, you might see a little bit of it here, a little bit of it there, but with the power of something to aggregate that really cleverly, it can produce quite a com convincing profile on somebody yeah. uh, and impersonate them to a kind of a, a, a quite a high degree. A high degree, yeah. 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 So putting, being careful, I think what we put out there is what's going to be really part of the solution as well. You know, maybe don't your entire life online <laughs> publicly <laughs> it's probably just been good advice for a long time probably honestly but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it's you know and it's also sort of hard to avoid depending on what role you are as well so it is it is yeah yeah, yeah. um very interesting it's very topical uh so how do we prioritize you know, when it comes to managing you know we're talking about security for a second cyber security with limited resources how should we think about prioritizing what we can do uh you know we don't always have there's never enough time to get it all done, yep. uh, and particularly in a, a smaller businesses, you know, they're just trying to trying to make do. What are some of the things we can do and consider, you know, while we while we prioritize what efforts where we should put our effort? You know, there are lots of different things we could focus on. Uh, how do we how should, how should we think about that? 
Um, so there's lots of different tools that can help um, get, gain, help you gain visibility of you know what your priority mm. threats and, and flaws are and gaps are in your organisation. So it's really using tools like GlassTrail um, to kind of get visibility of those gaps and and those vulnerabilities and those risks. And then going, okay, you know I've got five high risk medium i'm going to start with the high risk and i'm going to fix those i'm going to solve those vulnerabilities and get patched you know you know all of those kind of things but it'll help those tools can help you um decide which ones put you at greatest risk and then mm. you can deal with those first and then obviously like using onwardly to track you know your processes and and understand where you are in your maturity and and use that to help you see what's next and, and how you move forward mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah a lot of it is about just getting visibility of everything you've got first up right so yeah, you know, to prioritize, you need to understand, understand yeah, what you yeah. need, to, what yeah. you actually need yeah. to put yeah. in order. Yeah. I think it's, it's it's people, you know, it's taking a holistic view of your your security program and your privacy programs. It's not just, you know, locking down one thing like my hosting environment or not just training my staff. It's thinking about the whole spectrum of activity that needs to take place because, you know, a security program in general consists of lots of different areas. Um, yeah. Sometimes people are even unaware of those areas completely. So getting familiar yeah. with the broad aspects of all the areas of cybersecurity and, and doing something at least in, in each one of them, as opposed to, you know, we're really great with our hosting environment, our production environment's amazing, but then, you know, we, uh, you know, we're, we're doing nothing without people. So yeah. yeah. And things do change over time as well. You have to, you have to go, we can't stand still on that. If you, if you evaluated something at a point in time, yeah. um, chances are it changes. So, yeah, you know, what was yeah. what was good a few weeks ago may not be good. So no, it's it's constant. It's, it doesn't that. stay. Yeah. It's yeah, never it's, it's never ending. Never it's finished. Never ending, no. <laughs> and I think that's right. another. That's probably another point yeah. is that we, a lot of folks uh, think about that security program as a point of time thing. You know, yeah. we we did something work two years ago, and 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 we're good. You know, yeah, yeah. we've done that exercise. Um, There's a lot of frameworks out there that can help customers kind of with a maturity path. So something like the Essential 8 that's through the Australian yeah. government, that's a very popular framework. And it's really popular because it's practical and it you know, mm. takes you through four different stages of maturity and helps you, you know, not everything's going to be great at the beginning, but it lets you know your gaps and then helps you move through that. So, yeah. So and, you, and you complete, the idea is there is a complete level one, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know, yeah. just sort of, it's not just like a little bit of this. It's like the idea yeah. is you want to get that really good foundational layer and then, and then move yeah. up to the next, the next yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, you can you can really overinvest in some areas almost too much, despite you know with with leaving some areas really uh, really open, and so I you know I love how that the EA framework in particular captures that sort of no just make sure that these kind of core foundational things are in place first and then and then kind of move up to the next stage. It's it's overwhelming for smaller businesses and security and IT aren't their core functions, right? So it's giving them something. Yeah basic to kind of start with rather than yeah they're not going to be super technical yeah yeah rather than yeah. you know just going something straight to you know iso 26001 yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. like that with that yeah. pretty intense yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed um yeah. um another key trend with um that i'm seeing in the cyber world is around building resiliency so kind of the um the idea that you're not going to get breached is kind of gone the idea now is mm. that you need to assume that you have or will be breached and build resiliency and processes around what you're going to do in the in the case of a breach so really starting to think so about assuming that. it's going to happen yeah as yeah. opposed yeah. to uh you know security by obscurity which is we're far away no one knows about us no one yeah. cares about us 
it's it's that's less true than ever ever has been absolutely and it's really starting to impact new zealanders right there's been a couple of breaches recently that have fully impacted new zealanders and new zealand businesses and you know we're we're quite a it's probably a bit of a generalization but we're fairly trusting folks and you know like uh we're not trained to be highly skeptical necessarily of of people asking us for information or you know taking phone calls or or even what we see on the internet and that's that's sort of a good trade end but it gets us into trouble yeah. and so developing you know developing a mindset of you know i can't just trust everything that comes across my path you know yeah. i need to be scrut- i need to scrutinize that and helping out other folks in our world who are who are perhaps you know even outside this industry to, to think that way as well Absolutely. and not just give you know credit card details or not just not yeah. just accept that nice call from that nice person <laughs> that was really lovely on the phone uh and then you know i sent them ten thousand dollars so um it's it's being you know developing a a mindset i think of just much more um you know test test that assumption you know scrutinize what's what's really going on here and in in the age of you know ai and all this we've talked about all of this but it's it's harder to trust it's very hard to trust and i think that's why it's so important to go yeah even with our best education Mm. we won't hundred percent so we have to have a plan and it has to be a tested plan for what happens when this does go wrong because yeah. the level of sophistication is going to be so high so you, you know you, you have to you have to do those simulations you have to run those tests and trials i was at the institute of directors conference last week and um the survey they did at the conference was about 30 percent of people had done a simulation in the last year mm. and um you know which is you could say that's quite good in a way probably a lot better than it used to be but um you're not you know people are not practicing still a lot of goes down when this happens and you learn so much when you run through a simulation and it might not just be the technology side but how you're going to say communicate with your customers um what kind of back-end infrastructure do you need to support a breach you know how would you how will your customers be impacted how will they be affected and what do you need to put in place to kind of support um, resolving the issues that they're facing so it's not just now a back office kind of it problem yeah. it, it also impacts your customers directly yes it's a whole it's a whole company problem isn't it yeah, yeah. it is yeah. and how you respond makes a huge difference to the, huge. the size of the impact the the you know it could it could be in the difference between a business ending event and 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 not yeah. just in the response yeah. you know the attack is one aspect of that but the response yeah. Um, and it's almost more important in some ways. It is. Argue. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Argue. So how do you talk to your customers about that? You know, when you talk, you're trying to balance prevention versus, you know, response there, there are, they're two different sort of sides of the same coin, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, how, do you balance those, how do you balance those, those, those two aspects? Prevention is a lot about visibility, right? Prevention is a lot about visibility. Mm. So it's yeah, first getting, getting what, understanding what everything looks like, um, you know, knowing your own house, knowing everything about it well mm-hmm. is, a, is a good first step so that you know then you can say what are the meaningful prevention steps we can take now that we really understand what we've got um but yeah you 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 it, it does need to balance with the other side of it as well yeah and then for us especially you know for our customers as well it's building that culture of security so that every part of the business is thinking about security um all of your employees that they've got a mindset about security and so you're really developing every action everything you build everything that you support and you're doing it with security in mind and so you're kind of you know making it everyone's yeah. responsibility yes. and yes. therefore everyone's involved in you know, the outcomes as well. yeah. Yeah, training people to spot things you know uh, yeah. uh, one one you know technique of one of many is, is providing a way for people to 
to register something that looks suspicious, you know, yeah. inside the company. Yeah. So fishing tests are always fun. Fishing <laughs> tests, but even you know, like even a Slack channel. Say uh, oh, we, yeah. you know, we stay one in a previous company called Suspicious Activity, no. and it wouldn't yeah. be like a full on breach. It'd just be like, hey, who's that like person walking down the hall that no one recognizes? Yeah. You know, in the yeah. building, or uh, something seems to be going weird with the like marketing website. You know, is, is that a new thing? And you know, often, more often than not, it was, it was like, oh, this, this is expected. But it was training people to register and identify things that looked suspicious. Absolutely. Just without, um, yeah. And sometimes they might turn it into an incident, but most of the times they wouldn't. But it's developing that um, yeah. that culture of ownership around. I see something, I talk about it, and I report it. Uh, I had a, I was in a little example i was i was standing it was about 5 p.m in the previous company we were standing around and we saw someone come into the floor this is a you know properly swiped in floor you can't really get in without a swipe tag and they came in and they sort of just walked into someone's office and didn't know who they were never seen them before and we there was a few of us kind of looked around looked at each other and like who's that and they were there for about two minutes and then they walked out and they walked towards the elevator and so uh I just sort of walked, I kind of ran the other way and met them in the other way and just to introduce myself, said, hi, how's it going? Um, you know, with a kind of view of like, who are you? And it turns out they were, um, they were the cleaner. So they, you know, they didn't look like a cleaner, but they were the cleaner and they had a badge and everything. They sit down and checked out. And it's like, okay, that makes, that makes sense. They knew the person. It was a little bit weird. They probably should have followed a different protocol. Um, so it wasn't, it didn't end up being an incident, but it was, it was the type of activity that you'd, that you know was definitely looked really suspect. And you want, yeah, it was you want people, people. Yeah, you want people like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you And it wasn't sort of this whole big confrontation thing. It was just like, yeah. just just hi, how are you? You know, I'm Phil. Um, are you new here? What's you know? Um, and, and and then we quickly figured out who they were. Um, but that type of thing, you know, if if people maybe hadn't been trained or we hadn't been trained, we might have just assumed it was all above board, and then yeah, and then it, it might not have been. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, how can how can we teach? You know, how can tech leaders and security professionals collaborate um, effectively to you know to identify trends and, and prioritize their efforts? You know, this is you're you know you're doing a lot of work with a lot of companies. Um, how are you seeing? You know, how 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 do you find? How does it work when you know you're working with customers, your clients? How how do you how do you get that collaborative effort? You know, humming so it's not just all on you and it's not just all on them. Um, how do you how do you foster that sense of collaboration in your world? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely a two way thing, and uh, just lifting the awareness of security improves that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, I think you could say previously, oh well, tech leaders uh, they just want to get a job done, and security is a barrier to operations, mm -hmm. and you know that kind of attitude. I think um, you can't have that attitude anymore, and 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 the tech leaders can spot stuff that's coming up on the horizon. They can see what's. Yeah what's coming down the path and they, and they might be able to, you know, inform their colleagues about, you know, what's going on and what, what to look out for, what, what's changing the environment that they see. And it's the same the other way around, right? There's a lot of people who are deeply into what's going on at cyber and understand how that's evolving, you know, and can t teach us, you know, mm. develop a land a lot about what to look out for, right? And so it is, it's definitely got to be a collaboration. And I think it's also you know, between organizations as well. Yes. I mean, yeah. Sharing, sharing, yeah. Sharing one, of the, one of the things that um, I do with the team is when there's been a breach, we look at the lessons learned. So there, 
typically be a, eventually a report around what happened. And, um, yeah. you know, a really great example is the LastPass um, breach that happened last year. They put out a really comprehensive report of um, how it happened, and it actually started through a home network for one of their um, engineers with elevated um, privileges. So we sat down and thought, you know, you know, we've got people working from home, you know, what, yeah. what can we do um, to educate them around home network security? So, you know, shared some information and mm. yeah, so we're learning from all of those breaches and how we can use those learnings to make a difference. Only for some of those post-mortems. Yeah, yeah some absolutely. of those companies, I mean, it does, it does eventually sort of come out, doesn't it? You know, yeah. how, how it all happened and it's, it's taking, taking stock of that and going, oh, okay, how does that affect, how does that affect us? I, I think, you know, one of the trends that I've seen and what, what we try to do, you know, with our customers and our business in general is, is, is sell the, kind of sell the benefits of, of being a security and privacy minded company, yeah. as well as it's not just preventing all the scary things, you know, that's one, definitely one really important aspect of it, but actually there are some amazing benefits to being a more secure company, right? So you're obviously protecting what you have, but you are able to build and engender trust with your own customers more effectively. Yeah. And that can be the difference between winning a deal and not. Oh, right? it's a huge thing. I mean, Mess. looking at supply, everybody looking at their supply chain and saying, what are my risks? But, you know, this, so often there's a, a third party you know, dimension to a cyber attack. Yeah, absolutely. So as we've seen locally in New Zealand as well, that's happened. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the people I talk to are looking at how can they, you know, make themselves more attractive uh, and more get more opportunities and, and yeah. building trust. Well, yeah. By having better profile. A lot of this is table stakes now, you know, yeah. like people, some, you know, a prospective customer might engage with you and it's like they're expecting just to see some really baseline stuff. And if you can't demonstrate that confidently, yeah. they may yeah. just walk away and be like, I don't, you know, Not with I, I, don't, I don't know. And, and you know, it's often the first signs of if you, if you present a really confident story and can show them, you know, demo, you know, uh, really clearly what you're doing and how the measures that you're taking, they may not need to dig in, you know, to the nth degree they build enough yeah. confidence straight up but if you can't if you if you can't show the confidence to begin with they're probably gonna they're probably gonna keep digging until they they get yeah. to the bottom of what's really going on and yeah. and so it can slow the process down a lot can you yeah. um and and maybe even you know compromise the deal that you're working on so speaking in the language of revenue and helping build and actually win new business is a language that certainly any leader in a, in a growing startup wants to wants yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really positive angle. Um, another angle that I see perhaps less talked about is actually uh, acquisitions. Yeah. So I was speaking to uh, a person not that long ago who's who's right in the center of the mergers and acquisitions department at a really big tech company, but US-based tech company. Yeah. And their job is basically to either write down the deal sizes hugely because the cyber the security risk. risk situation is, yeah. is yeah. awful or just kill the deal completely. Yeah. And yeah. so these founders that, that have spent, you know, five to 10 years, maybe working really hard, they've, they've got their opportunity at a huge exit yeah. and it literally just falls on dis it. Dis it just gets Because yeah. all the energy is in that one area and someone looks at it with a totally different lens. Well, they, they come like, in, they're like, we can't take on this level of risk. We, if we don't know what we don't know here. Yeah. It, this, there's too much, basically too much chaos, too much risk for us to yeah. to go any further. And it's something I hadn't quite considered as deeply, but it made a lot of sense. Is that if you know if you're looking to get acquired, which most startups are, at <laughs> some point, uh, uh, which is very very much a kind of valid path. How you you know when you actually get to that point, do you have a culture of security? Have you got a history of this being done, done really well? And it's way easier to do at the beginning and build that up than it is to sort of retrofit frantic, frantically at the at the last minute. And they will know, by the way, that you're 
that you're crash renovating your security <laughs> program. Um, we see a lot, um, uh, a lot more security as scrutiny now with um, cybersecurity insurance, right? Um, yeah. Insurance companies are really wanting to Absolutely. make sure that their customers have all these processes in place before they agree to paying out that insurance or even signing up for the insurance yeah, yeah. policy. Yeah, getting it in the first place yeah. is becoming much harder, right? That's yeah. another whole thing. And that's actually often a driver as well, yeah. just to, to investing further into it. Like we got raked over the coals by our insurance yeah. <clears throat> our insurance process, so now we need to figure some things out. Um, we can see, help with that. See that a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're feeling uh, feeling hard done by by your insurance company, uh, um, coming in will help you. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's very real and, and the obvious for the obvious reasons, right? We're yeah. seeing we're seeing a lot of um, a lot sure. of breaches, a lot of risks in that industry. Uh, won't survive unless unless you know people people really up their game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So talking about I think talking about the positive benefits and you know it's it's sometimes refreshing as well because we know that there's lots of risk and we have to talk about the bad stuff, but it's really nice to be able to hit home some of those kind of positive. It is an opportunity, well, and it's know. still a big opportunity because not everyone is good at it. So if you can mm. be good at it, it can make you stand out because it's just you know, yeah. You know, as you know, we sell quite a few products, and uh, you know, if I'm like on a call to an American customer and I can say we're ISO compliant, it makes the conversation go a lot smoother. Yes. Um, then you know, if otherwise they've just got you know they just got a tick box and you you got it then cool we can keep talking if you haven't now go uh, the long way around we'll just uh, yeah. go and talk to somebody else that's got it right mm -hmm. uh, indeed well look we are coming up for time I think uh, on this episode up so thank you thank, thank you, you for being such excellent guests it's really nice to have you here in person this is called upwards and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next time. This is Upwards, the podcast for security and tech leaders brought to you by Onwardly. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and join us again next time for more on security, startups and leadership.